Hello and welcome again to the Stouting Off podcast where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Love that intro, Jordan. You did a fantastic job with that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, actually. Um, dude, how have you been, man? Doing great. I've got my producer, Jordan, here live in studio, as always. And um, love having you here, Jordan. Love being here. How's your week been? It's been great. Busy, but great. Any any good dinners? We had a Jamaican jerk chicken with mango avocado salsa and an old-fashioned. It was great. Wow. It was great. Y'all snapped on that one. Yeah, we did. That sounds really good. I'm not going to sit here and lie. But <laughs> and I never want you to. Um, since the last time I have been on the air, per se, I shaved a little mustache. Did you notice that, Jordan? I did notice. Right away. Um, you know, the mustache is interesting. When I have been in relationships, dating relationships, say, with, with women, and I shave a mustache, um, it's... Nine times out of ten, it's a miss. Like it's like get that off your face as soon as possible. So I did kind of this like hybrid mustache system where I leave a little, little bit extra, but there's still a mustache. It's just less pronounced. Um, Jonathan Van Ness actually really coined that for me. Um, but no, it's it, it kind of goes along with that idea of just like you know what I'm rocking a mustache right now, and I don't care. I don't care like how you think I look. I kind of do, but. At the beginning of quarantine, for example, I buzzed my head. Nobody was around for that, but I almost did it just as like, I want to see how this feels, but more importantly, I want to let everybody know, I don't care if, I don't care how you think I look, <laughs> you know? So that's why I did it. And I, I feel like through that process, it's starting to grow back a little bit. I've noticed the past few weeks it started to curl a bit, but through that process, I gained some of the confidence I now need in order to proceed forward with, with actual hair again. Does that make sense? Um, I have a comment on the last podcast. I got multiple texts from friends and family after I made this comment. And that was when I was talking about dating apps, the Tinder app or the, yeah, yeah, the Tinder app for SAP. And I said, oh, that swipe right means you like them, right? I knew with 100% certainty. I just didn't want to seem like I was too active on the dating apps. I remember that I was like, Oh, so you were correct. Yeah. I was you like, corrected. No, okay. I was right. I'm saying like, I swap. I was like, yeah. So Jordan swipe, right. Means correct. Like that means you like them. Correct. And you were like, I don't know. And I was like, we'll talk about it another time, but it of course means correct. Like I, I want to meet that person. I see. Okay. So I got called out from friends and family and they were like, dude, don't play dumb. And so y'all called me on my stuff and I'm coming clean. I knew. So take that for what it's worth. Got a couple comments I want to talk about as well. Oh, another thing. I talked about in the last episode in a coworker who would just absolutely go to town snacking on rice cakes. I got a text from another coworker who sat next to that person and they were like, that wasn't me, right? Like, that wasn't me you were talking about with the rice cakes? I was like, no, that wasn't you. It was X. This was a person, other person. She's like, oh, okay, good. That's cool. She's like, one time I was eating carrots though. And you turned around and asked, are you eating rocks right now? <laughs> Dude, I'm not kidding you. Baby carrots are another like mad crunch food. Uh, high crunch potential, high crunch coefficient if you're an engineer. Um, 
I got some wonderful pizza here in Nashville from Five Points Pizza last night. And actually, that was Jordan after you after you called me and you were like, "Do you want to come over for dinner tonight?" I was like, "Nah, I'm sticking around the house." He asked me if, uh, yeah, he called me. He was like, "Do you want to get Five Points Pizza over at the house?" You know, whatever. I was like, "Nah, I'm sticking around tonight." And then I went out and got Five Points Pizza and brought it here. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you know, okay. I was just keeping it low key. And you had the hockey games. And yeah. To watch. And I was watching. Um, I was watching on Netflix for a second time around the last dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. Have you oh, seen that? I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. Oh my I gosh. I want to comment on that in a second, but more importantly, as we speak right now, I have a pepper flake that's lodged from last night in behind my front tooth. It's lodged between my gums and my front tooth pepper flake from that pizza. You can't get it out. It's going to be there forever. I'm convinced I ordered dental tools on Amazon. And so is that a concern to me right now? Yes. A big concern? Yep. But am I going to let it stop me from shooting another episode? No. Because I'm here to hang out with you and hopefully comment on things that you can relate to. So if you've ever had a pepper flake stuck behind your tooth, I'm feeling your pain as we speak. I almost want to just like cut right there and just take a quick floss break, but I've already tried that. It won't work. A um, couple other foods that do that to me, notoriously, I avoid popcorn. It's so good, especially like hot popcorn at the movies or whatever. Granted, it's going to cost you $13 like per kernel. But I love movie theater popcorn, but there's always that risk of getting a phantom kernel. They like to hang out here in the molars. They love it. They love it. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, you need a friend who, usually a female who carries like, you know, a purse with stuff in it. You need a, a, a friend who carries floss with them. If you're going to like venture out to the movies and do that. Mm -hmm. And that's for that reason. I never go alone except for the times where I go alone and which does happen sometimes. But when I'm going with other people, I'm like, we need a floss person on hand and I need somebody to finance my popcorn. But other than that, celery and corn on the cob, I also wrote as two notoriously, notorious foods for sneaking around in here between the, between the masticators. What about Your tortilla teeth. chips? Oh, tortilla chips, dude. Because that that's so true. Like the top gums, it'll just sneak up in there. It'll sneak up there and it'll also just like stab you. Yes. Those will I have I've been subjected to serious pain from from tort chips before. <laughs> Tell you what though, I love what Tostitos is doing with the Hinto Lime. I call it Hinto, I think. Or at least that's what we call it in my circle. Hinto lime chips. Have you had those? I think so. They're so good. They're like coated with this lime powder, lime and cilantro. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So good. But again, it's a gamble. It's a roll of the dice every time you you choose to partake in those. Are they going to stab me today? Are my gums going to be bleeding at the end of this this dip and bite? You don't know. Um, but no, I haven't been eating great lately. I have a lot of I have had a lot of of chips of many kinds, um, Doritos. Doritos nacho cheese are a go-to for me. Um, it's yeah, just the past three or three or so days. Like I, I haven't been eating that great. It's been a lot of fast food as well. Um, I've got my preferred Taco Bell location around here. They don't always deliver their 50-50. Again, it's a roll of the dice there as well. I wanted to share this little anecdote. Um, a couple of weeks ago, it was one of those nights that I was like, I don't have to be up tomorrow for work. It was a weekend night. And it's like 10 p.m. I've got some time to burn 
before I go to bed tonight. And at 10 p.m. usually, it's like a like as soon as it goes to double digit p.m. whatever 10 11, I'm like I'm hungry and I want I want fast food. And it's always Taco Bell. You're a big Taco Bell guy, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Do you always get the same thing? Pretty much, yeah. You got a you got you have like two or three staples and then one position you can kind of like yeah. swap stuff out for. I'm always getting two things out of a list of three. Okay. So it's would, a, share, would you share it? Yeah, it's a Crunchwrap Supreme. Wonderful. That's on my five layer burrito. Okay. And cheesy gordita crunch. Oh, I was gonna try to predict what you're gonna say, uh, quesadilla. Oh my bad. Cheesy gordita crunch. Yeah, that's like the that's the for the past year or so. That's been the the three fair that go on rotation. So I have those as well. Those a couple of those are in there. Chicken quesadilla is a non negotiable, and I always order it well done because sometimes you might get it and it is like. The cheese isn't even melted on the do inside. They, do they do that? I have to say, I order, that's a great question. Even when I order it that way, sometimes they don't. So I say, chicken quesadilla, and I pause. Can you make that well done, please? And I don't proceed until they address it. So, yes, we can. Okay, great. And I see it go up on the thing. And then even so, I don't know if they're going to follow through on it. But anyway, it was 10 p.m. a short while ago. Um, you know, a week or so ago. And I was like, all right, it's Taco Bell time. And so I roll up to Taco Bell and I'm so excited. Again, this is a night where I can just like hang out, maybe play Call of Duty with the boys or whatever. So I roll up to Taco Bell and instantly I can feel there's something in my, there's a, there's something in my spirit that says, you're, you're going to be disappointed right now. I was like, okay, I nudged it off. Usually I trust my instincts. I nudged it off. I continued to pull into the parking lot. And as I'm approaching, I see a, a, a small gathering, two or three people, Taco Bell employees hanging out outside by the front door. They were smoking and texting and hanging out and laughing. <laughs> you know? Hanging out. Yeah, they were hanging out. And, but here's the thing. When I see someone who's preparing my food doing those things, the, the aforementioned items that that I was mentioned that I said just now, I don't want to eat there anymore. But I continued to just roll through because I'm trying to get over some of the quirks that I have. Okay, if I see someone smoking in a parking lot, it shouldn't affect whether or not I <laughs> go like get food from that restaurant. But as I continue to pull in, I notice that they see my car. And they're like, oh, okay, let's head inside. Which tells me, dude, they were probably getting ready to prepare my food after they were smoking, texting, laughing, like with gloves on. And I was like, nope. This has actually happened to me before. I was like, nope. And I just continued on. <laughs> like I was going into the drive through but I just continued on and left. And I'm like, okay, that stinks. Because I had, you know, like just that feeling of, uh, of let down expectation, man. Like I was, I could already, I was like ready to experience what I knew I was, what was in store for me, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, whatever I go, I try to go to the place next door cookout here in Nashville, like on, on Gallatin, their line is like to the street. I'm like, forget that. So again, I do the U around the drive through and then I leave. And then I go to, okay, third place is McDonald's. It's like a, three quarter mile drive down the road i'll see what mcdonald's is saying and i roll up there and i kid you not the same thing happened at mcdonald's that happened at the first place people out there smoking dude 
And then they had it inside when I pulled in. I'm like, is this not? It was like a weekend night. I think it was like a Saturday night. I'm like, what's, yeah, like what's going on? Why are y'all not busy enough to be in there already in the rhythm of making food smoke-free? But again, that's one of my hang-ups, man. Like, that's not that crazy though, right? Is it that outlandish? No, I, I don't think it's that crazy. I think it's something that I'll notice from here on out, but I've never noticed before. I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry to call attention to it. But the fact that they were that they were texting, smoking, hanging out, laughing those, with their gloves on. Those four <laughs> things with their gloves on. That's the key, dude. You with the gloves, the gloves on. Dude. I did. I noticed that about anybody. You know, I roll up on anybody, what's on their hands? No, it's not actually. But when they're about to prepare food, it's important. You know? It's true. It's important. If you're wearing... Yeah. yeah. Then they take your card, like, with the gloves on. And then I'm like, what is that? You're going to go prepare food after you touch my card that 800 other merchants have touched in the past year? Um, So anyway, I just struck out that night. I was like, maybe that's a sign I should just not have fast food tonight. So I came home, did my customary peanut butter and marshmallow fluff sandwich, double-decker sandwich. Have you ever had a fluffernutter sandwich? Uh, I'm sorry, a what? Fluffernutter. That's the shorthand version of peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. You can buy marshmallow fluff in a little container. It's like... Fluffernutter. Yeah, dude. Jude would love it. Like, yeah. Like, kids love it. I remember I would get, in seventh grade, when mom was packing me lunches... I would get like a real sandwich, like whatever, turkey, cheese, ham and cheese, whatever. And then I would get that, like a dessert sandwich. It's so <laughs> good. If you're listening, just stop the podcast and go to Kroger right now or your preferred Spartan store or whatever your grocery store is and go get some Fluffernutter ingredients. I promise you won't be disappointed. I should do a live review sometime. Yeah. I'll have like three different people make me them or I could do three different like peanut butter combination, like... Peter Pan, Jif. Is Peter Pan one of the brands? Right? I think so. That sounds right. It sounds right. I Earth can almost balance. Yeah. You gotta get the one for like the, oh, the serious yeah. peanut butter. Actually, where yeah. It separates like the oil separates from the peanut. That's a good idea. Stuff. That's a good idea. No, I'll have to try that. Um Yeah, things I'm grossed out by. That's one of them. Another one, and I'm just getting over this now. We all have kind of like different things that we are triggered by that maybe people don't can't relate to i had a youth pastor one time who couldn't be around cotton balls can you believe that no cotton balls another person i know a a person actually she's a listener to this podcast balloons freak her out can't be around balloons well like the rubber ones like she can be around like the foil looking ones you know i don't know what that is it's plastic or something my thing is straw wrappers I can't, something about the discarded straw wrappers, something about the way they look all like crunched together. And especially if there's like, oh, if there's any like moisture nearby, if they're like partially wet, a couple drops of like condensation, which is another thing that grosses me the heck out. Is that completely off the wall to be grossed out by that? Straw wrappers. No. It's not? You can relate to that? I could Because I have been persecuted. I have been just raked across coals about this particular thing before no i think it's something i mean you gotta imagine how many people to have like touched straw wrappers i mean i guess that goes for anything that's at your table it's not about how many people have touched it it's just about what it looks like and i don't know it like disintegrates on the table a little bit yeah 
people wad it up and then leave it there. Like people roll it into. It's gross, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I'm getting over it though. It's not as bad as it once was, but yeah, so I'm working on it. Straw wrappers. Love my Dickie's cup. Dickie's barbecue pit. Have you actually been there before, Jordan? I have. Oh my gosh. In Livonia or Plymouth or wherever. Five and Sheldon. Five and Sheldon. Okay. It is, this place is amazing. And every time you go, you get, if you want, you get to keep one of these plastic cups and you can use it for whatever you want. A, to drink out of. B, actually, I don't know what other uses there are for cups, but it's just really useful. And I'm using my brother's, actually, I'm using my brother's dissertation here as a coaster. My brother's got a PhD in philosophy. He's got a book here, Knowledge, Infallibility, and Skepticism by Dr. Greg Stoutenberg. Um, Greg, if you're listening, you're an all-star, man. Um, Truly. Yeah. In fact, let me read a, a page, an excerpt or two from this. When Greg and I have conversations, again, he's a PhD philosopher. He's, he's insanely like just smart and deep. When we have conversations, sometimes I'll be like, Greg, explain it to me as though I am four years old. Explain it to me as though I'm your son, <laughs> who's going to be five in September. Um, I'll just read you the preface if I can. This dissertation is an essay in epistemology in a traditional style. It shares its subject matter with other works that have attempted to articulate the nature of core epistemic concepts like knowledge, justification, and rationality. And I can't even read the words. So that was just the preface, but I want to read the introduction, the abstract. Where is it though? I argue that to know a proposition is true, one must have justification for being certain that the proposition is true. I'm lost already. <laughs> <laughs> that is, one must have infallible epistemic justification for believing the proposition. It is widely accepted among epistemologists that we rarely, if ever, have such str strong justification for our beliefs. Th that conclusion is unacceptable to many philosophers. He goes on. I remember having conversations with him when he was in Iowa, where he went for his graduate program. We went out to a bar one time, this cocktail bar, and we were talking. And I'm like, so what are you studying right now, Greg? What are you listening or, you know, what are you researching and, and publishing? And he started explaining it. And I remember by the end of the conversation, I remember saying these exact words. So, so wait, do I exist? And I was like, nope, conversation has gone too far. We're not even, yeah, we're, we're, we're so far off on this. <laughs> I, in college, I, my degree is biology and chemistry physical sciences and greg is philosophy we're complete opposites but he's actually way smarter than i am um i just have a hard time sometimes understanding some of those concepts uh, all right so i wanted to share this little story as well this happened recently actual event it's hot here in nashville it's it it's starting to cool down but we have just like days upon days upon weeks of 95 plus degrees like 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., just all day, plus humidity. And so one particularly hot day a couple of weeks ago, uh, my air conditioning unit was just working overtime. It was working triple time and still not being able to cool the house down. I was like, something's up. I think, I think this thing is struggling. And so I called the service tech. I said, hey, can you come out? And they said, yeah. I don't even know why I had to give you that piece of information because that was just... It's implied that 
if they came out, we had that conversation. But either way, <laughs> but either way, they came out. And it was this guy, Andy. I really like this guy, too. He's a really nice guy. When, when he got there, we were talking, and I was wearing these New Balance sneakers. And he's like, oh, hey, man, I like your sneakers. They're cool. I was like, oh, thanks, man. Appreciate that. And so he gets to work on the, um, you'll have to remember that later. So he gets to work on the AC unit, takes it apart. It's outdoors, so he's doing all this stuff. I keep coming and checking in on him like every five to seven minutes. I was about to say I had a timer. I didn't, but I just have a, I know what seven minutes feels like. So just trust me. I, I keep checking in on him. How you doing, Andy? You good? You need ice water? No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Three or four check-ins. And then I check in on him and then he's like, no, I'm fine. And then I, as I'm walking away, I hear this huge boom. boom. And I'm like, and I hear him yell too. Ah. <laughs> it was lower. My voice cracked actually during that. It's like, ah. Uh, but more like sharp and staccato like really abbreviated and i turn just in time to see him like flying back from the the um ac unit outside and i get to him and the ac unit is smoking and he's like like this just on the grass just like what happened i was like andy what happened he's like oh i got electrocuted i think i blew the transformer I was like, oh, are you okay? Like, he's like, oh, yeah. He started to, like, laugh at all. He's like, oh, yeah, this happened. You know, this has happened before. <laughs> this happens all the time. Yeah, right. Is this like, dude, man, I really, yeah. When I have children, one career path, if that's true, one career path that I do not advise them to go down is, yeah, be an HVAC service tech. Yeah. Um, he's like, oh, no, it's, this happened before. He's like, oh, this was fine. And I was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, he's kind of embarrassed a bit, but. You could also tell he was kind of shaken up, but trying to play it down. He got electrocuted because he blew the transformer on this thing, <laughs> which I don't even know what that entails, but it sounds severe. And so I'm feeling bad. He's like, I owe you a transformer. Goes to his truck to get a transformer, which apparently these things have their own thing, transformer. And so he starts to put it in. And I'm just thinking like, man, how can how can I make this guy feel better? Because I, I have empathy I, and sympathy. I, I feel... I can feel this guy's embarrassed and, you know, he, this, he'll probably have to pay for the transformer out of his own pocket. Maybe untrusted at this point. Yeah. I don't want him to, I don't want him to, to, yeah. He just had a feeling deep in my heart. <laughs> and so I said to myself, you know what? How can I make this guy feel better? Oh, he complimented my shoes earlier. I'll just give him my shoes. That'll make him feel better. So I was like, man, I know you just got electrocuted and everything, but I just, I want to give you this gift. So what happened, he came to my house, he serviced my AC, he got electrocuted, and he walked out with new shoes. They were, <laughs> you gave him the shoes. They were, they were 115 bucks. I gave him these <laughs> shoes, dude. So, um, but he was deserving, you know? And you know what? His day turned around. I know for a fact, his day turned around when he got those. And he's like, Thanks, man. That was so nice of you. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give you a Google review too and just say that you were the best, which I always do that. Whenever somebody goes above and beyond, whenever somebody gets electrocuted on my behalf, I always try to go to Yelp and Google reviews and all the things. That's so appreciated. Yeah. It's such a thing that like the internet only hears about the bad stuff. Yep. So like being able to comment on the good stuff, that's that, that, that's a big deal. It goes a long way, I think. Yeah. yeah. It does. Um, 
And I, I've been told that by multiple, like, you know, business, like small business owners and such. Um, another topic I wanted to talk about. I saw a story from a friend that I follow on Instagram and she was at the post office and she was like, what is it with, you know, in, in this particular topic, she was like, what is it with Gen Z? Do they think it's like, okay to just FaceTime everywhere? What was happening was there was somebody in front of her in line, like a younger guy and he was just like FaceTiming loudly in the line at the post office. And I got to thinking, yeah, that's one of my major peeves. Like my rule of thumb, and I'll teach this to my kids someday, is never have a phone conversation on speaker, on like just whatever, Bluetooth or whatever. Don't have any kind of phone conversation in a place where other people have to listen to you talk. Sure. I think that kind of covers it. So that would be like waiting in line somewhere or a waiting room or um, I think, I don't know. That's probably it. I mean, just anytime you're confined next to somebody, you know, yeah. we're all like waiting somewhere together. Just don't take phone calls there. It ain't right. It's rude. Being in an elevator and just being like, yeah, I don't know. Not that you have to make yourself available to, in my opinion, not that you have to make yourself available for conversation with everybody, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's just kind of rude. You know what I'm saying? What about like, um, if you're one-on-one with someone in a car and they take a call, Ooh, what do you feel about that? Ooh, who, I was about to ask who's driving. Um, but I don't know if that ultimately matters because it doesn't matter. But if the driver is talking, then it's on Bluetooth. You can hear the whole thing. Sure. So here's my answer. If you can hear the other side of the conversation, it's okay. But that would that would ex- that would mean FaceTime in public is okay. That's so true. Um, if there's a here's my rule: if there is a if there is a relationship between you and the person you're with, and you have to take a phone call and they can hear it, then it's acceptable. Okay. And no matter what, it has to be prefaced by, "Hey, I just have to take this quick phone call." So you're acknowledging that they are there and, you know, like you're not blowing them off. Now, if you say, hey, I have to just take this quick phone call and you take the on your Bluetooth headset or like handset itself. If it's under a minute, then it's OK. Yeah, I think so. I agree with that. Right. I agree with that. Yep. A quick to the point thing. But if you know them, it's cool to be like, hey, I'm in the I'm in the car with Stout. Say, hey, what's yeah, up? Yeah. That- and then it becomes like a, a, a conversation, even though there's, you know. That's so true. So it can act. And that actually works not just like it's OK at that point. It's actually a positive. Yeah. It's actually you've gained some benefit out of the phone call. Yeah, I agree with that. So really, yeah, to answer your question, it really comes down to how the driver handles it. I think that's I think that's my my stance on that. I should put out some Stout's rules. Oh, yeah, speaking of Stout's rules. In The Last Dance, that Netflix documentary with Michael Jordan. Well, it's ESPN. It's on, it's on Netflix. But teams that played against him, Detroit Pistons, for example, in the early 90s, had the Jordan rules. And it's like, how do we contain this guy? And they came up with all these rules. But um, that documentary was so... It was unbelievable for the reason that Michael Jordan is a world-class talent, just unbelievable talent and ability and all this stuff. But it wasn't really until he embraced the team. It was the team combined with his insane talent combined with his unbelievable work ethic. The guy just refused to lose. Sure. I want to adopt that mentality into every area of my life. I want to be the best and I want to be, I want to do my absolute best. 
um, he, he was often accused of having a gambling problem because he loved to put money on golf games that he would play or card games or just these really trivial games where he would like throw, let's see who can throw a quarter and get it closest to the wall. That person will win everybody's money. He was just obsessed with, with that, but he was all often like uh, accused of having a gambling problem. And he's like, no, I don't have a gambling problem. Mm. A, I don't, it like it, I have millions of dollars. So a hundred dollars here or there on a golf game is nothing, but he's like, I have a competition problem. (laughs) He's just obsessed with competing. Everything is a competition. He refused to lose. And when he did lose, he was just like, nope, I'm going to get him next time. I need to adopt that mentality. Yeah. Work, fitness, just everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this work, fitness. I went to three, four, and it was everything. I do, though. Some people perform better when there's like a wager. Yeah. You know? Yep. I was just talking to my father-in-law today, actually. And he was like, yeah, my dad... Like, if there were any kind of bets on the table, he was just Tiger Woods. Really? Like, he would make these insane shots, insane putts, insane, uh, you know, all these things. On the yeah. Of course. And it went to, like, bocce ball and all of these different things. Yeah. Some people just thrive under something being on the line, you know? Um, I don't know if I do. I think I have things that I just thrive at, like, instinctively. If But if there's money on the line, I might get a little nervous. I don't know if I'm as mentally tough. As Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, man. I just don't know if I'm as tough as the best athlete. Maybe like arguably the best athlete ever. Yeah. Huh. It's crazy. Um, I was talking on the phone with a friend. Uh, this was on Thursday of this past week. And um, his wife's named Karen. And I was like, man, it's been a tough year for somebody named Karen who isn't a bad person. You know, sure. like the, the name Karen has, has been dragged through the, through the mud a bit. Like imagine if there are any Karens listening to this, any actual people named Karen and you're a nice person and you're thoughtful and considerate of every person around you. I'm sorry. It's just, it's an unfortunate circumstance and generality into which you've been roped. Um, but he, I think he said actually Joe Rogan commented on that on his podcast as well. But I was just, I've been thinking that like, man, I'm glad that like Drew wasn't the name that they, that people chose for jerks, you know? What was the guy name? Michael. Michael? Yeah. That's the husband's name. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. oh, oh, <laughs> No, no, no. What was the, what, what's the guy? Who's the guy of, of Karen? Oh, that's Chad. Oh yeah. But Chad is a different character. They're not counterparts. Look up, yeah, if you could look that up. Like, what's a Chad? Like, the defining characteristics of a Chad, for example, it's not like an entitled white guy. I think it's like a, like a, like a, what you could call like a bro, like fraternity guy. What are you seeing? I mean, Urban Dictionary, of course, right? Yeah, what's that say? It says a Chad, (laughs) a super square, a major douchebag. I don't know if we can tone that language, yeah. <laughs> but this is uh, this is this is what it says. I'm just reading. That's what it is. It's more like just like a, a dude who's in his own world, and yeah, it's just kind of jerky. A Karen is specifically like an entitled white lady, like between the ages of say forty and sixty. Sure. Would you say? Yeah. You don't even need to Urban Dictionary that. That's probably. I think that's spot to. on. You could add that to Urban Dictionary if you choose. Um, so it's been a tough year for Karens. 
But you know who's having a great year? And this is something I noticed over the past couple of weeks. Dolly Parton. Like Dolly Parton, I see so much on social media, like chatter, social media chatter and like memes and stuff of just like really honoring Dolly Parton for being cool and legendary. And I think she's actually doing some cool like humanitarian and uh, just like important social justice work. Um, But yeah, Dolly Parton is, have you noticed that? I bet now that I say that, you will notice within the next week, someone on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, something, whatever, mentioning Dolly Parton. I promise. Yeah, I, I haven't noticed it. One thing I have noticed is we had Jude and Blakely at the same hospital. Yeah. One thing that was offered to us both times is the Dolly Parton book club. She actually funds books to go out to like every child that's born at, at I don't know if it's just this hospital or what. Wow. Yeah, we get one book a month from the Dolly Parton book club. For free? For free. Wow. Yeah. Are they kids books? Yeah, kids books. <laughs> <All right. laughs> You're Greg's, getting the autobiography Greg's of Malcolm book. X. <laughs> You're getting the dissertation of Greg Stoutberg. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I think she does a lot of like unspoken, not publicly known stuff like that. And people are coming to know about it. And they're like, man, she kicks A. Like we, Dolly Parton is awesome. Um, it's funny. Little unsung heroes like that in, in popular culture is... Uh, I love keying in on that and finding stuff out, finding stuff like that out. I I have a group chat where we talk about just kind of like quiet, un like non quiet celebrities, I guess, who just quietly stay in their own lane, but they're do they're awesome and they do cool things and they're known for cool things. And um, <laughs> somebody I focused on recently was Jackie Chan. Now, when's the last time you thought about Jackie Chan? I can't say. (laughs) (laughs) Was it during his Rumble in the Bronx days when he was like in cool movies? Because it was for me too. And then I started doing some research on Jackie Chan. And I actually put together, I put together my research in a PowerPoint. And it was a Jackie Chan update. And this was for this group chat that I'm in. And I was like, listen, here are a couple key topics that Jackie Chan is working on right now. And for those of you listening... You haven't thought of Jackie Chan in a while. I promise. And like, I guarantee you haven't. And you probably don't follow him on Instagram or you don't subscribe to the Jackie Chan Foundation and all the humanitarian work they're doing. But Jackie Chan, he was actually recently uninvited to Operation Smile's annual celebration event in Vietnam, which caused some rifts. I'll tell you the story there. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jackie Chan recently reunited in Los Angeles. He's got a new movie coming. Actually, no, he doesn't. COVID actually pushed that back. But in 2021, he's probably got a new movie coming out. And lastly, he was recently spotted by shoppers while visiting Tokyo. Um, This was actually pre-COVID. So he wasn't shopping during COVID. But yeah, Operation Smile provides free surgeries for children and young adults born with dental and facial disfigurement. But recently, they announced on their Facebook page, Jordan that Chan will not be coming to Vietnam to participate in the celebration because of unforeseeable reaction of the people there in Vietnam because there have recently been territorial disputes between China and Vietnam, and it caused some social media outcry. Hmm. And Chan has long supported China. I think he's, I think he is Chinese. 
I don't want to make an assumption. Can you verify that actually? So he's Chinese. So there's there's political unrest between the two countries. And so because of his close association, affiliation with China and their policies, is confirmed, he Chinese? Confirmed. He's Chinese. I think Chan is a, like a Chinese name. I just never want to assume. You know what happens when you assume? And I don't even need to go further. You know what happens when you assume. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was uninvited to that. But no, he does a lot of good humanitarian work. He's actually a fantastic guy. And I told some friends about this recently, and they said, you know what? We haven't thought about Jackie Chan in a while. Can you actually do a similar deeper dive onto Jonathan Taylor Thomas and what he's up to nowadays? For those of you who don't know, maybe you're a Gen Z listener. Jonathan Taylor Thomas featured, or he starred in Home Improvement, one of the 90s best sitcoms. He was also in a number of movies, including Man of the House with Chevy Chase. And I can't think of any other... Oh! The Lion King. He was in The Lion King, dude. He was the voice of Simba. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) He was in The Lion King. (laughs) (laughs) They animated him. So I went, I did some research on Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And for those of you who are curious... He's now, um, oh, actually, I don't know when this was published, but at the time this article was published, he was 37. So he's still alive at the time of publishing. So that's cool. Um, he wrapped Home Improvement in 1998. After after Home Improvement, he very largely left acting. And that's why we haven't heard from him very much since. But he went to school. He actually attended Harvard, where he studied, studied history and philosophy. And I wonder, actually, if he'd be curious to know about my brother's research in philosophy. That'd be cool. Probably try to link them up, find his um, agent and send him the dissertation. And later, Columbia and St. Andrews University in Scotland. Fun fact for that one, Prince William and Duchess Kate met there at St. Andrews University in Scotland. But that's something you didn't know. Um, he's He has had four guest spots on Tim Allen's Fox sitcom, Last Man Standing. Oh, no kidding. My mom likes that one. My parents like that one. And there you have it. The and, there you, and there you have it. Is that one set in Michigan as well? Because I believe Home Improvement sure. was. Yeah, they always had like Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, I remember there. seeing like Lions and yeah. I think Central Michigan stuff. Yeah. He's from there. He's from there. His mugshot is actually out there floating around somewhere. And I think with a mustache. It, with a mustache. My, my brethren in the mustache uh, community. Um, according to his IMDb page, he hasn't really dabbled in TV or film since 2016, which again, that's why I haven't seen much of him. But, um, in 2017, it was reported that he was working with home improvement co-star Zachary Ty Bryan to develop a pilot for a show. And they were actually doing that with Macaulay Culkin. Hmm. Talk about nineties, just royalty in terms of like. Although I don't think Macaulay Culkin ever got like heartthrob status like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Macaulay Culkin was just famous because he was in Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2. I think Rich. Richie Rich, Uncle Buck. Dude, this kid had a stretch for a few years. No wonder he's kind of like kind of turned out a little wacky. Yeah, I think you're right though. It was like it was like child movies, like you know. Yeah. Like I, I think I remember Richie Rich being the oldest maybe that I saw Yeah, him. he was also in The Good Son, which was like, okay. it kind of went off the, the the comedy, like slapstick, whatever. And it was a little darker. But 
So Jonathan Taylor Thomas, he's the most recent thing that we know from Jonathan Taylor Thomas is that in 2017, he was working on a pilot with his co-star from Home Improvement and Macaulay Culkin. And I think it was kind of like supposed to be a little edgy. It said like kind of R-rated, which mm. TV or whatever shows don't get ratings like that. But um, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. But I wanted to also comment on a couple other topics. And that was speaking of Home Improvement in that era of TV. I think the golden era for television one of the golden eras was during the 90s tgif did you guys watch that like as a family on friday nights oh for sure like it was a big deal that was a a big deal it was a highlight um can you find the like their lineup yeah but from what i I remember it was like boy meets world step by step i want to say family matters was in there uh sabrina the teenage witch yep like these were just such heavy hitters of shows and they all were funny like genuinely funny and had you know like they were family friendly you could watch it with everybody what do you got hanging with mr cooper hanging with mr cooper yeah yeah clueless okay uh sister sister okay that was great the maori sisters step by step Mm -hmm. i don't know if you said that yep just the 10 of us remember that one do I remember that one? What year was that? Is, you it was have a your... spinoff of Growing Pains. Oh, yeah. Um, Bull House, Perfect Strangers. I mean, these and are... And the rest, you, you, that, that's the top 12. And the rest is history, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think at any given time during any given season, they had like four or five spots. I think it ran like 7 to 9 p.m. or something like this. Um, but no, that was like a golden era for TV. I... Around that time, I was into that, and then I was also super into Saved by the Bell, which was already syndicated and like airing reruns around that time. I think Saved by the Bell started and ended like while I was a bit young, but during the ages of like seven, eight, nine, ten, when it was syndicated on TBS Superstation, back to back like daily with Family Matters, that was just the best. Kelly Kapowski was like far and away, she's. She's. I almost want to say she's still the gold standard for just what it means for me to have a crush on somebody. I remember having actual, for the first time in my life, as a young kid, having actual like butterflies and those feelings actually awakened in me because of Kelly. So what was her actress name? Um, Kelly's name was Tiffany, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yep. Were you about, did you have it up? Were you ready to, Yeah. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. She's special. I wonder what she's doing. I'll report on that on the next one, maybe. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple other topics, but I'm going to save those for next time. And that includes um, texting, like autocorrect fails. That's a comment I really want to make. And I have a lot to say about that. So tune in next time. This has been the Stouting Off podcast where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next time. (laughs) 